You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. I guarantee this morning that every one of you here has done this one thing. Everyone, even these children, even the youngest child here this morning, I'm glad, I'm sure that you've done this one thing. You've walked through a door. True? Anyone not been through a door this morning? Have you come in through helicopter or? We have, haven't we? Doors are a massive part of our life. Every day we walk into an office door, we walk to a shop door, we go to the bedroom door, we go all kinds of doors because it's part of our life. That's, that's it. They are doors. Here's one here that I made earlier. <laughs> but doors are a part of everyday life. I love to pick my granddaughter up from hospital at Walsgrave. She works there and I wait for her like you have to wait for a lot of ladies sitting outside in the, outside the front of the car park there and watching that revolving door. Have you been through it? Oh, you've all been to see the doctor then and some... So you walk through that revolving... And then suddenly it stops. <laughs> and everybody just stands stiff. And then it starts again. A revolving door. There's up and over doors, garage doors, there's sliding doors, there's all kinds of doors that we go through every day because that's part of our life. You know, Jesus understood about doors. That's why he said on one occasion, do you know what he said? Jesus said, I am the door. But he also said, I am the bread of life. Things that we identify with. He also said, I am the good shepherd. He also said, I am the light of the world. Light, shepherd, bread, door. We can all, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus was all these things because he knew, understood life. That's why he could say, I am the door. Now today we've got a door here. This was not here three weeks ago. It was hanging on my son's door, bedroom door. They've now got another one. But this is it. And when I saw him take the door off, I said, Mark, I need that door. And here it is today. Still as good. It's quite good, well painted. Pretty good door. Now then, where's my helper? Where's Matthew this morning? I hope he's still here. No, where's Matthew gone? He hasn't already. Come on, give Matthew a clap. This is Matthew. How old are you, Matthew? Eleven. Eleven. What school do you go to? Stoke Park. Some, so which one? Stoke Park. Stoke Park. He's a clever lad. But today, he's not going to be a Matthew. He's going to be a Peter. So your name is now changed from Matthew to Peter. Is that all right? Peter, in Acts chapter 12 was in quite a predicament because days before we read about King Herod who was quite a character 
he hated the church. He didn't like Christians. He, he didn't like the way the church was growing because it was growing all the time. It was incredible growth. Like today, the church is growing incredibly. See, Jesus said, I will build my church. No matter who tries to close it down, Jesus said, I will still build my church. Credible. And here we are today, proof of that, that God is building his church. But Peter was in a bit of trouble, really, because a bit of time before, there was another one of those followers of Jesus called James. Herod thought, well, get hold of him. And when I get hold of him, I'm going to put him to death. And he did. So there was James, now gone. And then Herod thought to himself, right, that pleased the Jews. They're, they're very happy about that. I know what I'm going to do now. I'm going to sort this out once and for all. I'll get this character called Peter, quite a well-known person, good fisherman, but I'm going to sort him out. And he got hold of Peter, or he told his soldiers to arrest Peter and to put him into prison. And here he is in prison. Why? Had he robbed a bank? No. Had he hurt anyone? No. Have you? No. Had you stolen a car? No. He hadn't done any of these things. He was okay. But he loved Jesus. And Herod didn't like that, so he thought, what I did to James, I'm going to do to him. He thought, well, it's the feast of the Passover. I better leave it until that's complete. And then afterwards, I'm going to sort Peter out. And sure enough, he did. He put him in prison. And there was Peter in prison. Now, I need two, two people here. Uh, you come and help me. Come on. You, yeah. Yeah. And I think I'll have someone else. You come and help me. Yeah. That's it. And these were two guards. What's your name? It's Daniel. Daniel. Where's that other guard gone? Come here. And what's your name? Nathan. Nathan. This is Nathan and this is Daniel. You're guarding him, okay? Don't let him out of your sight. And so there was uh, Daniel. Chained. To Peter. Oh well. And there was Peter on the other side, changed to chained to Nathan. You can't get out of that. He's here. Keep an eye on him. Is that okay? But not only that, Herod thought, well. I better make sure he doesn't get out of jail. I better have 14 more soldiers to help me. So, 14 soldiers I need to come and help me. Is that okay? Right, so I want, um, I want you. I want you. I want you. We'll have you. We'll have you. You. How many have we got, Esther? How, you. 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 How many are they going? Are we going to do 14 you? Nine, you, you, are we there now? 
Can we count, folks? Just hold on a minute. We're just trying to get this right because I don't want to go get scripture. Right. We need one more. Come on, then. And they, uh, these were the soldiers. <clears throat> Thanks. You're going to give them some out? There's yours. There's yours. Now, keep an eye on that fella, Peter, because we don't want him to escape. Is that all right? There's yours. Okay. Is that all? Who hasn't got a spear? Now, keep an eye. It's no use looking out there. You've got to protect him. Well, not protect. Well, make sure he doesn't get out of prison. Is that okay? Yeah. Right. Yeah, keep them upright because I don't want to get stabbed in the back. Can you imagine Herod doing this? Having one fella being guarded by 16 top soldiers. But that's what the Bible says. And there was Peter sitting there in his cell. And these were keeping... No, look, don't look out there. He's the one you've got to watch. Make sure he doesn't escape. Okay? You've got your eyes on him? Don't let him escape. But when they looked at Peter, it wasn't just Peter sitting there. He was fast asleep. He needs an Oscar. He was fast asleep. He's not that good. And there he was, fast asleep in his cell. And all through the night, he was stripped of his sandals and his robes. He, 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 he was just... Do you know, I'm amazed that God can give us his peace in times of need, aren't you? I'm not sure how I would have been if I'd have been Peter in that cell. I don't think I'd have coped like he did. But you know, God can give us peace in times of real difficulty. And there was Peter thinking, well, James is gone, but I'm still here. And the soldiers kept an eye on him. Hey, come on, keep your eye on him. Kept their eye on him. But meanwhile, in a house in that same city, there were people who were praying for Peter. I don't know how many there were in this house, but there must have been an awful lot of them. They were crammed into this house and they were praying. Get back to sleep. And they were praying <laughs> for Peter. How can you pray about something like that? I mean, Peter... He's now alive, but James is dead. How can you pray like that for someone who had already died? But there he was. Peter was fast asleep. Now I need another helper here. Yes, you come. What's your name? Myron. 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 This is Myron. He's now an angel. This is not Myron anymore. He's an angel. And this angel came with a bright light shining into that cell. And he stood at the side of Peter. Just let him come in there. Now, you can't see him. You can't see him, okay? But he's there. He's still fast asleep. And the angel looks at Peter and he prods him in the side. Prod him in the side. No, a bit harder than that. He's a deep sleeper. 
Hard, and a bit more. Don't overdo it. You've got to wake up now. Okay. <laughs> and he woke Peter up. And there he was. Peter had a lovely night's sleep. And there was the angel. Where's the angel? Oh, he is. He stood there. And the chains literally, well, fell off. <laughs> That's it. And they fell off Peter. And Peter thought he was in a bit of a dream. He couldn't work it out. And so the angel said to Peter, put your sandals on, put your shirt on, put your coat on, we're going for a walk. And all the soldiers were, you watching him? Stand up, Peter. He stood up in that cell. And the angel said, follow me. And Peter turned, still in a bit of a daze. He walked. Angel, go through that door. Pull it towards you. It's all right, it's okay. From Wicks. <laughs> so go through the door. And he went through the door and he came round again. Come round again. Come, no, not that way. You're going the wrong way. <laughs> Come this way, angel. See, when God opens one door, he opens another. You see, if Peter had gone through the one door and then looked at the guards and the gates, he thought, well, that's no good. I'm still in prison. But it didn't happen like that. When God works something out for us, he works it for our good. He's a good God. All the time. Go through the next door. Pass the soul. What? You've let him go, haven't you? In the first service, they nearly killed him, actually. They, right. Right. Then come back again. Come back. Go through the door again. That's the second. That's it. Through the door. That's it. Round again. That's two doors, isn't it? Now it comes to a gate, but I couldn't make a gate. So this is the gate in, okay, and he went to a gate which opened on its own, but I couldn't work that one out. So they came through the gate and they came round here and Peter, come here, Peter, and the angel, come on, angel, they stood together outside the, the prison. Can you believe that? When God opens a door, he does a good job. And there was Peter, there was the angel standing, looking back at the prison. Amazing. And Peter couldn't believe it, he was coming round now and he, he sort of had to pinch himself to think, am I dreaming all this? And of course he wasn't. And he stood there and suddenly the angel vanished out of his sight. Get behind me. And Peter stood there alone. Do you know, when God opens doors, he sees not the door that's right in front of you. He sees the next door. He sees the door after. Because God cares for us. And he only wants the best for us. I can remember when I'd been at art college for four years. It was the only thing I could really was reasonable at, was art. And uh, I was at art college, and when I left after four years, I went for a job for two years just making key fobs, of all things. 
And I, well, I thought, what's the point of this? All that training and I made key fobs, you know, the ones on your key ring. And after two years, I saw an advert in the Coventry Telegraph. And this te advert said, we need an advertising and display manager. So I applied. And the letter came back through the door and said, we would like you to come for an interview. So I stood in the hallway of our house with my mom and dad. And we prayed together. If God was going to open the door, he would open the door. I went for the interview and I got the job. I was amazed, but God had opened the door. And sometimes in our lives, we think, well, that's it. This is not a bad salary, really. I was on £11 a week. You get that as pocket money now, don't you? <laughs> £11 a week. I thought, oh, well, I'm not too bad. I've got a job. But you see, when God opens a door, it's something else in mind. And I couldn't believe it because after a few weeks of being there in this departmental store, a big one in Coventry, and, and I was working there and changing the window displays and doing all kinds of things, advertising, a girl in the shop spotted me. Wow. She saw in the back window of my car, it wasn't the car she liked, because it only cost me £24. <laughs> the police were always stopping me. £24, an old Morris Minor. And when she saw the text in the back window of the car, she ran home after work and she says, Mom, there's a Christian started at Mattersons. Wow. Well, one thing led to another. Amazing, isn't it, how God works things out. And after a few weeks, I noticed Julie. And we got together. Mind you, the first night I took her out, it was disaster. <laughs> I took her out to a church in Birmingham, in Hockley, the liveliest Pentecostal church in the whole of the nation. And when we got there, the church was full. I thought, Julie will love this. She was very quiet and reserved. And we went in and the church was packed. And the only seats available were the seats at the front. So I went down the front with Julie and Julie was shaking a bit. And we went to the front and sat on the front row. She was a well, bag of nerves. She was so, oh, she was, I thought this is it then, this has done it. The only redeeming factor of it all, she was so nervous that during the service she'd get grabbing the leg. I love that bit. So there it was. So Julie and I got together. You see, when God opens one door, he sees another one ahead of us. That's the greatness of God. He's interested in every part of our lives. Everyday things, our relationships, our jobs, our everyday life. God is interested because he loves us. That's why Jesus died to save us. Those days it was half day closing. And on a Thursday afternoon the shop closed. That's how it was, not now. And Julie and I used to meet in the shop, buy the pots and pans. We'd have a little cuddle and then go back to the office. That was bad, wasn't it? But there you are. And we got married. 
God opened the door in an amazing way because God was in it. When God opens a door, he opens it plus the next door and the next door. We were married for 21 years. We lived in a house. Our mortgage had come down to £33 a month. Wow. Can you believe that now? £33 a month. We'd just finished paying the mortgage off. It was ours. We'd got the deeds. We got it. It was our house. And one day I was standing in the house there and we, I stood there and the Lord said to me, it was as clear as I'm standing here to you, Tone, you need to move from here and move into the church flat. The church flat, which is now a car park, was on the top of a two-story building which we'd built a few years ago. Some of you would remember that. Now the elders and Pastor Bonner said, well, we've already got somebody to move into that flat. His name is Danny Lunn, who's now 90." One years of age. He's still in the church. Bless him. He said, I will move into the flat. But God had impressed upon my heart that we should move into the flat. So we didn't say anything to Danny. We said, we must let it take its course. And after a few months, he met a lady. Because he was a widower. And the lady we met was a widow. And they came together and they were going to get married. But his wife-to-be didn't want to climb up 30 steps to the flat. So he said to Pastor Bonner, I'm sorry, we can't move into the flat because Jean can't manage those stairs. Do you know, when God opens a door, it's amazing what he does. And so it was confirmation that Julie and I should move into the flat. I got Mark to make a for sale, so we didn't have blue brick then. And we stood the sign in the garden and after two days, the house was sold. And we moved into the flat on a cattle truck, into the flat, and we lived there for 13 years. When God opens one door, he opens another. And from those 13 years, we were able to serve the Lord in different ways that we didn't even, didn't even realize would happen, but God knew. Peter, you're now free. Give him a clap. Angel, you're no longer there. Peter stood there on the street corner and he went to the house that belonged to Mary, the mother of John. And he stood there by the house and he looked, in, he looked through the windows and the house was packed but he knew he was going to a safe place. But the trouble is, the door was locked. There was no open door. It wasn't the door like the prison that was open and the gates were open. This door that Peter stood outside was locked. And what did Peter do? He went to knock the door. He knocked the door. Knock it again. He knocked the door again. No one answered. Because inside, people were praying that God would be with Peter. Now, some must have been praying, Lord, I can't work this out. James is gone. Now, what's going to happen with Peter? Lord, do I pray release him or do I pray God be with him as he faces the death that Herod would bring? But they were praying. They were praying for Peter. And Peter kept knocking on the door and there was a young girl. You come here a minute. What's your name? 
Who? Blossom. What a lovely name, Blossom. Your name's now Rhoda. <laughs> you all right? You don't look like a Rhoda, but you do. Blossom, what a lovely name, Blossom. So Rhoda heard the knocking, and she came to hear who was knocking at the door. And when she heard Peter's voice, who was saying, Open the door, open the door, it's me, Peter. Rhoda was amazed. She was so excited that she didn't even open the door. She ran back into the house and she shouted. What do you reckon she shouted? What do you reckon she shouted? Peter's back. Peter's back. And he was. But what did they say? Don't talk nonsense. He's in prison. The 16 soldiers keeping an eye on him. The door's locked. He can't be here. Ridiculous. So Rhoda made another shout. Peter is here. He's knocking at the door. And Peter kept knocking and knocking at the door. And Rhoda kept shouting out, he's at the door. And eventually, Rhoda went and opened the door. And when she opened the door, wow. She saw Peter standing there in the flesh, standing in front of her. She was so excited. And she ran inside the house. And uh, when she ran back in the house, what do you think she did? Do you think she was a bit down in the dumps? or Have a jump. Wow, I wish I could do that. <laughs> and she jumped, and she jumped. She said, Peter's here. The thing is, folks, <clears throat> not only does God open doors, he also closes them. And that door that was closed for Peter was for Peter's benefit. Because while that door was closed, people were praying yeah. that Peter would be released. And sometimes we get all upset when God doesn't work things out in our life as we expect him to. There's been times in my life I thought, this is it, I'm going for it. But the trouble is I've kept God out of the picture. But you see, Rhoda saw that Peter standing at the door. And we need to learn not, not only that God opens doors, but he closes them as well. And have another jump. Get excited. Get really excited. <laughs> wow, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, you're the good you are. You're better than him. As he's not. But where is he? Where's Peter gone? He's good, but you're a real Oscar. And so Peter was delivered. And Rhoda was so excited and she took that excitement back into the room where they were all praying. And there was Peter standing in. Can you imagine it? Peter standing in the front of all those people. And Rhoda was saying, look, here he is. It's him. Come here then. It's him. Peter's here. And they, got, they went wild, the Bible says. They went wild. After all, they were praying for him. Lord, release Peter. No, it can't be him. Aren't we, like, aren't we fickle sometimes with our prayers? Lord, do this, and when it happens, we can't believe it. But that's, that's us. That's the way we are. 
Lord, help my unbelief. And sometimes we have to learn how to pray that when God answers prayer, he does a good job. And there was Rhoda thrilled to bits. And there was Peter standing in the midst of them, totally free from prison. Isn't God great? And every one of us possibly have a testimony here today how God has saved them, not from a prison like this. He's come to set the captives free. Isn't that wonderful? That night you got saved. That night when I got saved, what a wonderful time. Out of death into life. Out of darkness into light. Isn't that wonderful? Only Jesus can do that. Religion cannot do that. A church cannot do that. But God can do it because Jesus, when he died upon the cross, he gave his life for us. The power of the gospel. No wonder we preach Christ crucified. It is a crucified Christ that sets men and women free. Rhoda was thrilled. The church was thrilled. And I tell you something, that church must have had a new sense of direction. Can you imagine coming to a prayer meeting here and something incredible happened like what happened to Peter? I tell you, it would take us to another level. And when God does something like that, he brings us into a new domain of living for him, of serving him and knowing his goodness. So not only does God open a door, not only does God close a door, but he brings us into new doors of opportunity. That's the God we serve. And we stand right now on the eve of a new year. What's God going to open the door for you this year? How's God going to open that door? Is it through a job? Is it through a relationship? Is it through, I don't know what it might be, but you know. And you've been tottering on that door. You've not which way to show. Friends, we don't need to take that step. And trust God. Because not only will God open that door, but he'll open the next. As a leadership, we are thinking of how we open doors, how God can open doors in the new year. It's exciting. There's so much to happen in 2018. Not only as individuals, but as a church, we can see God do incredible things because he is God. God is with us. He will never fail. I stand here today a total failure. And I'm not just saying that, but when I think of how I've missed it so many times, God remains faithful. He never changes. He never changes. His word never changes. His love never changes. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. They've been great, haven't they? Give them a clap. Curtsy, curtsy. That's it. Back to your seat. Bow. He's now Matthew again. Soldiers, you were rubbish. He got out of that door and you never stopped him, did you? I'm glad you didn't because it would have been against Scripture. So you worked according to Scripture. So give them a clap as well. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Esther. Go down. Just go downstairs. Leave me with your spear.
Brilliant. Thank you, Tony. Boys and girls, if you want to head back to where your mums and dads are sitting. I think everyone's come off the platform with two eyes, which is good. Let's just take a moment. You know, Tony brings a word there, engages the kids, and that's all great. What do we take from that? At the end of 2017, heading into a new year. You know, for all of us, there will have been some things in 2017, maybe some things that we want to close the door on. There may be some things as we come to the end of a year that actually we need to serve time on. Say, so there's been a door open in my life there, but actually that needs to be closed today. There may be some of us who were waiting for a door to open. Maybe we come again this morning and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. In Revelation 3, it says that when God opens a door, no man can shut it. And when he shuts a door, no man can open it. And I know for all of us in the room, we want to walk through the doors that God opens and not find ourselves going through doors that aren't his business or in his timing. In a moment, we're going we're gonna to worship a song of dedication of ourselves to God as we go into a new year. We're going to have the door down here and you might want, as part of a response, to come and to walk through the door. If you like a prophetic statement, a prophetic response this morning, and maybe you need something to open up in your life this morning, and you might just want to come and open the door and walk through and say, Lord, I'm trusting you. You're going to open the door. I need you to open this year. It might be that you need to close the door on something, and you need to walk through it and then close it behind you. Say, Lord, I'm closing the door on that thing on that situation, on that circumstance, on that relationship, on that behavior, on that habit, whatever it is. But actually there's an opportunity for us this morning to do some business before we go home. That we set ourselves out for how we're gonna walk in to 2018. So I'm gonna pray and we're gonna begin to sing. And if you wanna come down and walk through the door, well, just make that, it's your opportunity to come and respond this morning. Why don't we stand together and I'll pray. Father, we thank you that you're sovereign over our lives. And we thank you for the mystery that you give us free will and choice, and yet you lead us and you guide us. We thank you sometimes for the doors that you close in front of us. And we don't always understand why at the time, but in time, we look back and we're grateful for you leading and guiding us into the things that you have for us. Thank you that for each one of us in the room here, you have a plan, you have a purpose, you have good works prepared in advance for us to do, and nothing is by chance. And so we recommit ourselves, Lord, to walk with you, to follow where you lead, to walk through the doors that you would open for us. And we prophesy as we go into a new year, open doors, situations that need to fling wide, fling open, that they will open in Jesus' name. Yes. That where the enemy has had a way in into some situations, we prophesy and we speak a closed door this morning. We say no more, enough and no more. And we say, Lord, in all of our lives, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. We make ourselves available to you, Lord God. Hear our prayer. 
give us the grace and all that we need to walk forward in your plans. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.